This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, conductors of the metaphysical, and welcome to the cross rip for the week of October 17th, 2016. It's almost Halloween. Get ready, it's coming. But this week on the show, we've got a really packed episode. It's a big, big show. We have a few segments for you. We've got a lot of news, and then we're going to get into a little bit from the Grove. There was a pop-up shop that appeared there. We have a couple of special guests joining us. Then we have Brendan Mertens, the director of Ghost Heads. You want to stick around for this one, let me tell you. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun. Woo! I think we're recording. I don't know. Do these things ever work? I think we're recording. Do do these ever work? Climbing the charts, Chris Stewart. I think we're recording. He's making the mall circuit. He'll be in Alabama on Friday and What's, uh, Wichita, Kansas on Saturday. How about your mother? What's her name? Oh, Robin Sparkles. <laughs> Robin Sparkles. <laughs> I am the male Canadian answer to the female Canadian Robin Sparkles. There we go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, there is, and we have him on the podcast today. No, no, no. We we have a we have a really big big show this week. We have lots of uh, we have lots of guests. This is a pretty packed episode of guests. Um, segments everywhere. We've got segments segments of plenty. So we've got uh, we got a little segment that we recorded uh, from the Grove at the pop up that they did for the Ghostbusters Answer the Call Blu-ray release. Uh, got a couple of, of fun special guests that are popping up in that. Uh, then, of course, we've got Brendan Mertens, the director of Ghost Heads. He's on the show to talk about the Blu-ray and DVD release. It's also up on, on the iTunes if you want to download it as well. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the special features and looking back on stuff. And, boy, uh, it's, a, it's a lot. This is going to be a, a lengthy show. So, um, you know, the, the, the couple of people that always like to message and say, why is your show so long? Well, sorry, here's another one. Here it comes. Sorry, guys. Value value for your value value for your no payment yeah exactly we're as always we're just giving you your money's worth it's free parcel it out think about it yeah you know yeah that's fine yeah we'll we'll put it to be concluded in the middle of the episode we'll leave you on a cliffhanger and then you'll be like oh my god i wonder what happened at the grove is everything okay and then next week it'll be like and now the exciting conclusion to the Ghostbusters interdimensional cross. We should completely just lift the real Ghostbusters uh, intro and outros there, the bumpers, and <laughs> just literally in the middle, just drop them. Drop one in, 15 seconds of silence, drop it back in. It's a good, clear place. Your, 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 your iPod player, uh, your podcast player will keep track of where you were in a, in a podcast. So you can put it down, walk it's away, true. listen to something you else. You can walk away and then you can come, come back. back later. Yeah. Split it up. <laughs> Or if you're like me and you have an hour-long commute in the morning and a two-hour-long commute at night, uh, you, you go. listen to it in one day. Like, you're fine. Do you go to a restaurant? This sandwich is too big. Now I gotta eat it all. No. <laughs> Take half home, no. dude. Holy cow. Nobody does such a thing. 
but uh, but hey, so after all that talk, let's just let's just dive into it. We got some news first, then we've got our segment from the Grove, then we've got Brendan, and then uh, in the middle of that, we've got a contest coming up. So make sure that you keep your ears your ear your ease. We're off to a great start. Make sure you keep your ears peeled because uh, we're going to be yes. dropping that in the middle of the show. Don't take your headphones so. off and let the podcast keep rolling. You may miss it. You may miss out on the contest. But here we go with some news. Let's do it. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. I improved beam accuracy by adding plasma shields to RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And da 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 we got a freaking Faraday cage. Okay, Chris, let's uh, let's start with the Ghostbusters virtual reality thing because this I actually did uh, some of the experience last night, so it's fresh in my mind. Okay. Um, it was a total surprise to me. I had no idea that this was coming. Nobody I had no idea did. that this was in development. Um, we, I mean, and and the funny thing is, some people have it confused with the Void Ghostbusters e- Dimension yes. experience because uh, these are two very separate, different things. But they fall under the same technology umbrella, which unfortunately means, uh, yeah, people all they hear is yeah. Ghostbusters VR, and it gets a little muddy. Yeah, uh, is it the same thing? Do I get to you know do the exact same thing? No, no, no. Nope. It's totally different. Um, and and the good news too. My my hesitation at first was I don't have uh, the the Oculus uh, goggles. I don't have a Google Cardboard. I don't have anything to actually do the the VR experience. But you can download the app and do it as a 360, which is the way I've been doing it. Yeah. Um, so I just throw headphones on. You sit in a chair, and then you've got your phone in front of you, and you kind of look like an idiot taking selfies, but. Um, but it's cool. It's great because, um, it is experiential. You can't walk through stuff. You tap your screen and stuff. It's not, that's where it really differs from the void. It's not tactile. You're not moving around. You're not touching things obviously because you're in the real world. Yeah. So it has, it has to be things if you want, but it's right there. They they can't anticipate the space everybody will be in, whereas the void yeah. is locked down and its space is very clearly defined. So totally controlled environment. They have people spotting you, all that that kind of stuff. But so so the VR experience is really it's experiential. So I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, but uh, the narrator uh, is a very familiar voice of a familiar voice to some people. It's Patton Oswalt. That came out of left field, I and I loved that. Um, they, they, yo dog, I hear you like surprises inside your surprises. So I put a surprise in your surprise, surprise. <laughs> Here's a surprise inside a surprise. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say who he is or how he's narrating because again, it's experiential. Um, so, so check it out. It, it's available right now on, uh, the Google store and the Apple store. I, I think I've heard and I've also seen in the publication, like when you open up your uh, your brand new spanking uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call Blu-ray, there's a little bug on the bottom of the pamphlet that says that it's coming to the PlayStation VR. So I don't know if oh. this exact experience is also going to be on PlayStation it or if it's something to. different. Yes. So It has to be, right? It's There's no way Sony would... <laughs> we, a second we, completely different we thing. We did a summer blockbuster movie and we made a giant... A VR for it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, we made a VR for our, you know top of the line console, but what? No, no, it's fine. You put it on the <laughs> no, you, no, the, no, no, the phones. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and well, and this thing's pretty robust too. I mean, it's I like, haven't I, had a I, chance to try it. 
it's uh spend some time with it if you if you have even if you have like 10 15 <laughs> okay. minutes well here's the thing problem number one i'm in canada uh oh it's not available in it's canada only either? in the u.s store oh you're kidding that, i now that said i have it because it's a free app um so i just i have a, a u.s uh account so I logged in and I downloaded it. Uh, step two, I haven't, I haven't. Step two, you need the code. I had need the code, and I don't have a code yet. Yeah, so. I think you can you can pay for the app when you download it. That's the the I didn't because I got the code inside my Blu-ray and I I, I played with it that way. But number three, um, whoever I think told you, you that, can purchase it. They lied to you because oh I really? Fire, yeah, the app was there and I got it for free, and there's nothing you know, upon. Uh, firing it up that lets you pay for it. You'd so like give us your code. Oh, that's as far as you get. Huh. It loads up and it goes. It, it also it's currently complaining about some sort of ne- network problem, which also may mean that it may be geo locked. Where it's it may oh. have sniffed out that I'm like you're not American. Who won the World Series last year? Uh, I don't know. So. I don't have. What's the? Is it the World Series? <laughs> the World Does Series? anybody else in the rest of the world compete in it? Um. America. That's America. what we do. So I'd like to. I think I'm gonna be able to figure out once I get up some moments to Yeah, hopefully. Get myself you can, a code and uh, yeah. Get yourself get yourself that code or um I, I think there's gonna be a way to buy it. Because there's when I be. when I hit the start your experience, it asks you uh to log in or purchase an account or something like that, if I remember correctly. So mm. so hopefully, you know, once once it kind of migrates uh, up north, maybe you'll actually get full access to it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean at the end of the day too. It's a wonderful promotional tool for the franchise. Why would you lock it up? So maybe once the initial wave of uh, Blu-ray sales are over, which is the main the way you get the code right, right now, right. And maybe they'll fire it up. That's a good way to get a second wave of people in there, too, is to just say, why don't you just give us a buck for the app? There you go. <laughs> well, and it's it's incentive, you know, because they're now trying to find ways – with everybody switching to digital, they're trying to find ways to get you to buy that Blu-ray disc to get yeah. to get you to purchase that physical media. So <laughs> if the code for the VR comes with it, that's just added value. Oh for my you, god, you know? that must mean Blu-ray is about to keel over dead because we're officially up to. We'll give you a pair of socks in a poster art steel bookcase with a <laughs> uh, a digital download code, uh, two versions of the movie, four hours of extras, and a code for an app. The app's free, and you can go play it. Please buy the yeah. Blu-ray disc. And and I don't know about you guys, but we got uh, we got a coupon for a free hamburger in ours as well. Oh. I don't know if that's a that's an America non-Canada thing either, but uh, well, I'll tell you a secret. Yeah, the Wayback Burgers. I, yeah. There's a, a buy one get one free coupon in there for for a free hamburger. I haven't looked in Canada yet. Um, I was uh, actually down. I was down in uh, in Seattle on business and said, "I'll just go to Best Buy and I'll get myself the exclusive." And and I went on uh, Gears of War four night, so there was an amusing lineup oh, of people no. lining up, and for whatever reason. Every person in the store had to stand behind uh, the counter selling phones and preparing to sell Gears of War 4. Like, I literally went up and asked a guy, I was like, yeah, can somebody help me in movies? Uh, like, ne- Whoa, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Sorry. I finally found somebody. That's what you get for going yeah, on a right. launch day. Jeez. I finally found somebody, and they're kind of like, yeah, I saw one this morning. I think it's gone. I'm like, wow. Uh, I, I may have... 
maybe I'll go back to plan A. Buy online. Yeah, very very limited supply from what I'm hearing of the Steelbooks as well as the Target exclusive. A lot of people that didn't order online are having a, a tough time finding that in their stores. Um, so uh, so it, it hit us up. Have you guys successfully found the Steelbook or the, the Target exclusive um, discs? I know the Walmart ones have been pretty easy to find with the socks. And um, uh, I guess a lot of people don't want socks. That's fine. Uh, you can go barefoot. It's yeah, We won't judge you. But uh, but the the those two in particular, the Best Buy Steelbook and the Target exclusive disc, have been a little difficult to find for for those that pre-ordered it. Um, I mean, mine showed up on Tuesday, and I was like, "Yes, they're here!" And then I heard all of the woes of people that uh, went to their stores and were unable to find it. So hopefully, more stock is on the way. If if you were seeking those out and you didn't pre-order them or order them online, and uh, everybody will be happy. But uh, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, Paul Feig is is man, he's really out there. Uh, he's hitting the press circuit really hard for this Blu-ray release. Um, and you know, he's being asked a lot of the obvious questions in terms of the backlash, talking about the response to the film. Um, he's of course hitting all of the press details that, uh, are required of, you know, there's the three hours of content that are available, including the 15 minute, uh, extended cut. But what's interesting is, as people are asking him some questions and I think with a little bit of distance and with the movie in the rear view mirror, He's now sort of divulging a little more information. He's kind of being a little more honest. He's kind of doing a little bit of a, not a post-mortem, I guess a post-mortem is probably the appropriate word for it. Like looking back on the film and now being able to sort of talk about it as if it's it's done, it's finished, uh, here's what it was, and here's what I think about it. And so um, I, I think the Entertainment Tonight one in particular, Chris, that was one of the candid ones, right? I think that was the one that you had posted up to Proton Charge. That one and not was it the Yahoo Movies one? No, Buzz something, not Buzzfeed, but they have a news arm or something like that. Like Buzz, I want to say Buzz, Buzz. Oh, there's yeah, their news, their news, Buzzfeed News, Buzz whatever Buzz it is. Buzz yeah, yeah, there was uh, it was Entertainment Tonight, and then this other one, and they were really meaty interviews. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is, so let's, let's first talk about that entertainment tonight one, because it answers the one question that I know a lot of, of fans of the film have been asking sequel, you know, what, uh, because of the response to the film, because of the, the issues that, uh, they had, um, you know, he, he does go in to talk about Leslie Jones being hacked and, and all of the terrible stuff that she had to deal with and, and how the two of them sort of commiserated with each other and he helped her and yeah. vice versa. Which, which puts um, paid to all the people that were kind of like, funny how we haven't heard from any of her, uh, her, uh, the people she worked with on the movie about it. It's like, yeah, apparently they were there for her. They just didn't go to social yeah. media and say, I'm talking to Leslie Jones now. I'm a good friend. Yeah, exactly. Heaven, heaven forbid they talk to somebody in person and and console them for something really <laughs> shitty that happens. Heaven, heaven forbid person. they stand by their friends <laughs> and not involve the entire world of strangers. Um, yeah, not make it a, a big public thing. To, but anyway, so so yeah, so he's asked about the sequel, uh, especially with all of that in light. You know, are, do you would you even be interested in a sequel? Um, and I thought his his. His answer was very measured. It was very calculated. It was very political. I, 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 for one, still think he probably does not want to do another film. But he was very, he was very gracious with it. And he said, "You know what? When we were in production with the movie, we talked about the sequel a bunch. We have ideas, um, but nothing that we've really written a script for because, you know, we just barely got this movie out in time. We're still rec- we're recovering. We're still we're in that like." 
look, we just had a baby. Let's not talk about having another baby right away. <laughs> like, let's just hold on. Just, just take a second for us to get childbirth a little out of the way. And then, then, then we can talk about a sequel. But I, I think that was his kind of very nice way of saying, uh, no, I'm just, I'm not even thinking about a sequel right now. Um, so I, I, is that, am I reading too much into this, Chris? Is that your impression of this as well? I, I just, I don't foresee him. If he does do a sequel, I don't foresee him rushing into it right away. This is not something that's going to come out in 2018 before the animated movie no. comes out. Um, yeah, he's very uh, measured was a good word. So uh, I applaud you for that, uh, especially given the hour. Well done, you. Vocabulary <laughs> late at it night. Is, as, as usual, we are recording very, very late. <laughs> and both Chris and I, if if you've noticed that I'm already tongue-tied, it's not because I've been drinking. That hasn't happened. That hasn't even started This yet. is just... No, this is just tired. This is full on tired. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, it, it, what I got from it was that he was still splitting the difference in that he obviously had some political obligations to the studio for the movie in that he couldn't say, yeah, they totally want to do it or no, we're not going to do it or ah, screw it. I'm out of here or whatever. He was very, you know, they're waiting to see how, you know, um, the post theatrical does for it. And if, you know, they might decide they want to go ahead and, you know, they may come talk to me and if they do, I'd like to think about it. You know, I'd, none of it said yes. None of it said no, none of and, and the flip side was, is he knows a lot, you know, there are, um, despite the hubbub, there's a sizable chunk of people that saw it and liked it and would like to see a sequel. So, you know, again, he yeah. doesn't want to pop up and say, no way in hell. Cause you and I both know that, um, if it was a, a, a big hit out of the park, you know, that's, that's Hollywood's favorite, uh, online news item is <laughs> <laughs> the move. The first screening has barely started and we're 15 seconds in and they've announced a sequel because the reaction's been yeah. so huge. It's like, that's their favorite. They've story. greenlit three sequels coming out in 2017, 2018, <laughs> and 2019. Like, what the? Exactly. So this is very middle of the road. It's not impossible, but nobody knows until, you know, a bit more rolls in. Uh, and you and I talked about this, right? Like for all of its controversy and weirdness and years of 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 looking backwards trying to figure out what exactly the hell happened the summer of 2016 uh what may ultimately make or break it is how it you know its life after the theater which sure. has happened for a yeah. lot of movies right like and some 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 are short some are long buckaroo bonsai still rolls along yeah. based on the status people still Blade Runner bombed in the theaters. Uh, guess what? Sequel's coming out next year. And that took... Yeah, in production in right production now. In production right now. Hell, I was reading an article the other day that they're making a Clue uh, uh, musical on Broadway based on the <laughs> Are movie. They really? Yes. And the funny <laughs> part is, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love so, the Clue movie. That's amazing. So everything about... The, everything, you know, everything positive about... Uh, that you hear about the movie to me smells a lot like it will do well in its video afterlife. The question being then what, what will it take and how condensed does that, uh, that, uh, turn of events have to be for Sony yeah. to pop off on it. So yeah, his whole, his whole answer amounted to not impossible, but at the moment, who knows? And at the same yeah, time, not, he had to speak to a, you know, a not inconsiderable number of people that, 
you know, really want to see it. And he, you know, you can't disappoint them by talking. Let's yeah. be real, kids. <laughs> In Hollywood today, <laughs> it's like, no, just please, t- no, please yeah. tell us more Holtzman. That's the that's Hollywood too. You don't want to burn the bridges, and yeah. you never want to say never because uh, you, you you never know how things you are going to shake out. Never know. So and and just based on you know we have about uh, a week uh, behind us now while we're recording this uh, with the Blu-ray out there and and it's already doing what we kind of anticipated it would do is a lot of people now are discovering the movie they're giving it a chance because it's a red box rental they're giving it a chance because it's up on iTunes for the five dollar rental yeah. um, so and people are especially on 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 twitter i've noticed a lot i mean of course there's all of the usual uh, suspects of you know why why did this movie even happen etc cetera, etc cetera. but there are people saying watch the ghostbusters movie not that bad don't understand what all the hubbub yeah. is about you know there's there's a lot of these people that <laughs> i think were turned off by all of the the reaction and all of the debate and they finally watched it and they're like I, I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining uh, two hours, and I was done. I don't understand what the fuss was. So it, uh, <laughs> those usual suspects amuse me because they quite often uh, complain that all you do is talk about and promote the new movie. I'm like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Okay, fine. Uh, in the in the the weeks of of relative news silence, uh, com- especially compared to the last two years since the movie left the theaters and, and the recent release of Blu-ray, it's been general talky talk. You know, yeah. general Ghostbusters, yeah. not new movie specific. Halloween's coming. Look at this. Look at that. Fan. Hooray. Who? Those people. Dead silence. And then the, 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 the interviews and all that start going up there. Sure. They're right out there. Frowny face, frowny face, frowny face. I'm like, <laughs> that's it. That's your contribution to Ghostbusters as a, a fandom is. Thanks. You wait for yeah. any mention of the new movie and show up and click frowny face. And it's like, <sighs> <sighs> Predictable at least. Yeah. Um, but so, so at any rate, so, uh, I think what, what I'll do because Paul has been all over the place and he's actually said a lot of really great things on like, on indie style and seen on seven. And he did this thing on the USA today website, uh, the mothership, which was new to me. He did a whole half hour interview. Um, we're going to play a, a super cut here of, of feed responses to things that I think you guys will be interested in. And then, uh, we'll come right back. So here's Paul Feig making Thank the, uh, the press you, circuit round. All right, well, Ghostbusters fan, your new movie comes out tomorrow on Blu-ray and digital. And with us now is director Paul Feig to give us all the details about what's coming out tomorrow. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Anessa. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. Hello, Indianapolis. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. So, Paul, I'm just curious, how, um, how long had you had this idea for a female cast? And did you handpick these ladies? Because they all have different comedic styles. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you make a movie with, like, four main characters, you have to make sure that you don't have any overlap in their comedic energy because you want everybody to be funny, but you don't want them to, to, you know, get in each other's way, if you will. You want them all to compliment each other. And so it, was, it took a while. It took a couple of months to figure out who I was going to use for this film. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I went to the funniest people I know, and, and they just really they pulled it off. I'm so happy with them. Yeah, so since it is for women comedians, um, how, what was your approach as director? Did you just wind up the camera and let him go, or was there a lot of rehearsals? Uh, I never do rehearsals because what I've found in the past is 
when you rehearse, sometimes that's the funniest stuff. And if you, you don't uh -huh. get that on camera, it's gone forever. So I'll just kind of set up the cameras, figure out exactly where everybody needs to be, and then we just let them start playing. And uh, yeah, they, they come up with tons of stuff. We're coming up with stuff. My uh, co-writer Katie Dippold and I are always writing jokes and calling them in. And the, it, it becomes a little bit of a free-for-all that then we get to sort out in the editing room. Yeah, I'm sure there was more than you could even include in the movie. So what's coming out tomorrow? I saw that it has gag reels, deleted scenes, outtakes, commentaries. When we pop in that DVD, what's the first thing we should look for? Um, well, you have an extended cut of the movie, which is 15 minutes long, longer. Wow. Uh, that is, yeah, some great scenes that I really wanted to put in that work better for home video. There's a difference between like an audience, a group audience in a theater. You need to keep things a little shorter because they're together and you want to catch, capture their energy. But when for the home audience, these extra 15 minutes, I think they tell the story. They add a little bit more to the story, and there's uh, some bigger sequences and a, and a very funny uh, dance scene with Chris Hemsworth. So how bad is that? Oh, okay. And then on top of that. You've got it. You've got about all, uh, hours. I mean, three or four hours worth of extras of deleted scenes, wow. alternate scenes, gag reels. It's it's crazy. It's a cornucopia, Anessa. <laughs> a cornucopia. Something all right. strange is coming to a TV screen near you. The hilarious reboot of Ghostbusters is out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, and we've got an exclusive interview with the movie's director, Vanessa De La Vigna, gives us the behind-the-scenes scoop. Ghostbusters returned to the big screen with the hilarious combination of Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon strapping on their proton packs and hunting down ghosts. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll, let you, I'll let you. Next time. Well, this was such a hilarious movie on the big screen with this fantastic cast that you put together. I can only imagine there had to be a lot of shenanigans going on in between takes and on the set, right? Oh, when you work with funny people, you just laugh all day. And then the, the big challenge is to make sure that the, it, as many laughs are getting on the screen as we're having behind the, behind the scenes. Now you can enjoy the movie at home with hours of extras. Uh, there's uh, over four hours worth of extras at the end of the day. We have tons of funny gag reels, we have funny outtakes and all that, but then we have also have a lot of alternate versions of scenes, we have deleted scenes that we weren't able to put into the movie. Yeah, you'll laugh a lot. Director Paul Feig tells me it was a blast making this movie, between creating amazing visual effects. So many of our ghosts were actually played by real actors. They weren't just uh, computer-generated uh, entities. And laughing along with his brilliant Kate McKinnon in this movie, can we just say that she was perfection in her role? How much of that we was can. from the script and how much of that was just her kind of improv and her personality going into it? You know, a lot of that is Kate. When we had this character of Holtzman, who's kind of the weirdo, is like, well, Kate's kind of a weirdo in a beautiful way. You truly scare me. I just want to let you know that. And so I just kind of thought, let's let's tailor the character to her and then kind of let her play. And we hit a lot of it was written, but then a lot of it is Kate. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? Action star Chris Hemsworth took on a different kind of role in the movie, the ditzy receptionist. There's kind of nothing Chris Hemsworth can't do other than uh, make all other men feel inferior. Hey guys, which one of these makes me look more like a doctor? It all comes together to create a hilarious new take on a classic, proving these ladies ain't scared of no ghosts. The power of pain compels you! Ow! Are we seeing any possibility of a sequel here? You know, who knows? Uh, these days, uh, nothing's ever set in stone, but uh, we would all love to do another one, and it just depends on uh, if the studio's up for it. For Scene on 7, I'm Vanessa de la Viña.
Now, Ghostbusters hit stores tomorrow, but we got a chance for you to win a copy of the movie before you can buy it. Stay tuned. All right, so uh, obviously Blu-ray coming out, that's sort of the focus uh, of a lot of the news items this week. But um, something that just happened to pop up out of the blue, again, much like the Ghostbusters VR app, uh, ScreenBid. Uh, which is Sony's outlet for where they put all of their props. They have Breaking Bad and 22 Jump Street and a bunch of their uh, movie, uh, you know, the, uh, for the production, even if it's not screen used, they'll make four or five of everything just in case they need it. Uh, they put it all up online for people to buy. Ghostbusters went up on sale this week and it just sort of, it was, boom, it happened, it fell out of nowhere and uh, there were a lot of great items on there as of, this recording, everything that was up there for a buy it now for like $25, $30, there were a few that were like $45, $75, gone. There's like one item left, and I bet it's gone by the time that we're talking about this. Um, but they do have some items that are still up for bids, including uh, the ghost from our past that you see, the hero uh, prop that has all of Rowan's scribbles and doodles and stuff in it, uh, which that's a great collector's item for anybody out there uh, whoever gets that you have to take some pictures because i'd love to see it in detail um they have a lot of the costumes um all of the stuff that was up there for the the buy it now price was sort of the smaller items like i was i was so close to buying holtzman's watch chris like i was <laughs> I, when that that when the ghostbusters facebook posted it i saw holtzman's watch and i'm like oh that's great it's 75 bucks i, I was just admiring that watch when i was watching the blu-ray disc you know what? I'm going to do it. And after I sort of hemmed and hawed and decided if I was going to pay the money for it, I went back to it, hit the buy it now. And it was already gone. Somebody had already, somebody had already purchased it. Yeah. Everybody acted very fast. That stuff cleared out very fast. And I want everybody to like, re that if you got something, appreciate it. Cause Oh my God. Oh my God. This is yeah. like, this, it's not like this was happening for, you know, all the time and you just never heard of it before this kind of access to actually own a piece of the movie you love is holy crap. It's never been this easy. Um, it's yeah. I mean, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm spoiled living here in the Los Angeles area where you have the prop shops and all of the collectors, uh, places where after a, a production wraps, like after, um, after uh, Boardwalk Empire ended, HBO uh, put all of their stuff into a warehouse and they have this sale or they have, uh, if you go up to North Hollywood, they have all of these costume shops that when the TV shows wrap, they throw all the costumes in there and they sell them on consignment, you know. Um, but it's it's very limited. This was open to anybody and everybody um, it, and, and cool stuff. I mean, there were... Um, the synchrotrons from the Mark One pack, like those, the the two cages were up there. I mean, it, yep. it would have been nice to have the full pack, but you know, here is a screen used uh, part from the pack that they probably, again, they had spares lying around in case something happened. Yeah, um, uh, some really good, quote unquote, costumes. I mean, it's clothes. Um, you know. It's wardrobes. But, but yeah, wardrobes. I mean. Uh, Aaron's tiny bow tie uh, suit was up there. Uh, uh, I think it still is, actually. Well, no. Here's the thing. There's uh, the the dupes sold at a buy it now price. There's something about the... I've noticed that in a few things. So, like, three copies of Ghosts of Our Past. Uh, Ghosts of Our Past sold at, at a buy it now price. But Rowan's is the one they doodled all over. Mm. It's, it's up for auction. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of... Uh, all right. What you got to do is you got to, you got to buy yourself a copy of ghosts of our past. You got to get it dusted for fingerprints 
And then you got to find Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> and see if you can get, get some prints of it. Because in theory, one of those three was the one that was either handled uh, by him and Kristen Wiig or handled in the lab with Melissa McCarthy and all that. Because they, they had a pile right, of them and, right. and tossed them around and all that sort of thing. But, of course, there's no way to tell. There's absolutely, you know, uh, there's a good chance... Who knows? Um, yeah, it could have could have been one of the ones uh, used in the film. It could have been one of the ones that was on the table. It also could have just been part of a stock yes, that they you know well, had on hand in the props department. Exactly. You have no idea, but because you never know, like a stuff on set, a lot of it may have hit, here. You go, memento from filming, walk away, sort of thing. Yeah, there's no good way to tell. Where's the Rowan one? Because it, you know, you can. Stuff was done to it, and that's the thing. Um, if you've ever wanted a piece of a movie you love those buy-in ones are amazing because they're all under a hundred bucks. Yeah. And then, yes, obviously the flip side of the coin is uh Holtzman screw you uh, necklace. Currently the highest bidding Jeez. at 750 some odd or something like it's just, Oh, and I'm sure we'll skyrocket the, yes, the, past this that. Is, yeah. This is, this is the, the dancing phase. The, all these things come to an end uh, on the, the, the Monday, the day the, this podcast drops. Uh, 15, 16, yeah, it'll be 17, interesting to see Monday where the they all land. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her, uh, Aaron's MIT ring, man, that'd be, that's a good one, right? That's a real put on yeah, the that shelf. Was, that was, yeah, I mean, all these items that, uh, you know, they they did have, um, some smaller, like just some of the GAC that was sitting in the firehouse lab at the end where I looked at it and I was like, I don't remember that at all. And then I was like, yeah, that's probably not something that I need. But they also had like Holtzman's Nutcracker, uh, which <laughs> I believe is one of the, one of the, uh, the bit of uh, one, the ones it that's up for bids. And, and huge. I'm where sure the hell do you put upwards. that thing? Yeah. No idea. No, on our kitchen table, there would be no place to put it, man. <laughs> like it would just, it would just sit. Sadly there. missing. But uh, uh, Patty's necklace, Patty's Patty necklace. Yep. And, yeah. And Heise's hat. <laughs> oh man, I I bet Paul Feig walked away with Heise's yeah, hat. Probably. He had to have. Probably. And that like brooch thing that he's wearing, and yeah, that's a cool hat. Uh, I'm sure all of that. That's a, cool, That's a hat. cool hat. It was my mother's hat. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so screen bids. We'll we'll do a recap uh, on next week's show, uh, just to to kind of uh, just to see where stuff landed. Um, you know, this is not like a liquidation. They're not trying no. to recoup losses on the film. They do this on every movie. So yeah. if one of these sells for ten grand, uh, it, that's just awesome because it's that's what it's worth. That's a collector's item worth ten grand. You know. Yeah. Actually, what so, you mean to say is we'll have uh, Craig and Abigail on our podcast at some point to talk about <laughs> the dozens of items they've obviously purchased because oh, you know they were all over that thing. Yeah, guys, where is your war chest? I want to know where you get all of this money from. That uh, did you see? Uh, Abby did a an unboxing of one of the carnivorous creation creation uh, terror dog terror heads. dog's head. Yes, exactly. So, I'll, guys, I'll tell you, share the love because they ain't married yet. Once you get married, <laughs> there goes your money. <laughs> no, no, don't talk him out of it. There's still time, guys. Well, no, no. Well, uh, we We're we know how much you. don't we, do we that. know how much uh, Abby loves her cosplay and all that. There's no way she she wasn't in there trying to get a tiny bow tie outfit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, trying to get one of those uh, costumes, the full costumes. That's the cool thing yeah. is it was like Garrett's full costume, Aaron's full costume. They had. From the end credits, they had all the costumes of the heroes, uh, just cool stuff. So, yeah, we'll we'll recap that next week. 
Uh, also, let's see what else do we have on the, the rundown here. Oh, the Amazon contest. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with the Southland and the Southern California Ghostbusters. <laughs> we did a little video for Ghost Corps. Uh, and like I, the premise of it, I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, all right, we're going to take Amazon boxes and we're going to turn them into a proton pack. All right, whatever guys, the, the talent that the franchises have, like sitting there watching, um, like uh, Joe Luna was working on the, the armband for the, the trap that they were making and the detail that he was putting into it using a Sharpie, um, silver duct tape and just a corner off of one of the boxes that they had cut. And then he grabbed like the duct tape uh, roll and used that as the armband. It was, it was awesome. It was just, it was so much fun to watch. So if you guys haven't seen that video, go to the ghost core Facebook page, but the whole thing is to inspire you guys to make your own. Uh, and what they're asking people to do is, you know, make your own homemade props, uh, proton packs, traps, PKU meters, all that stuff. And then post your pictures to social media with uh, hashtag Amazon ghostbusters. There's supposed to be a prize. Did you, Chris, did you see there was supposed to be some sort of a prize from Amazon, but I'm not sure. No, I missed out on that. What that, that is. I was more yeah. fascinated by the kindergarten esque nature of the uh, video really was. <laughs> just a bunch of, of oversized uh, happy children. The only thing that was missing was glitter and crayons. Like everybody was so well, into were, it. They, <laughs> glue sticks. There were glue sticks. Um, yeah. And, and one, they're sitting there. Beep, beep, beep. I'm like that, that's a crazy glue. They're playing with crazy glue. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. There was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And at one point Charles started uh, dancing and he had, uh, he had get ghost playing because the other team was still working on their pack and the trap was finished and he was dancing and it. And part of that made it into the video, but it was, look, I can think of worse ways to spend a Monday morning at eight o'clock. That's uh, a good way to start at, the week. You know, then that was a great way to start. That's, that's probably why I'm so tired right now is because I started the week high and then I'm just like, Oh yeah, I got to do the work thing for the rest of the week. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but you guys should build it too. Um, I think we're going to end up building a few. We're going to be passing out candy, uh, in our neighborhood. And so I'll build a couple for, for kids, uh, to, to put on or even walk away with, and maybe I'll post those up. But, uh, so there was that, what else was news? Oh, a dinosaur Dracula. Uh, made some of the 1988 Shrinky Dinks. Did you see that, Chris? Oh, yeah. I have a pack of those myself. Uh, I'm surprised they... Like, How do those things not disintegrate? I, oh. I don't understand how those things are still like in, in one whole piece. Well, remember, Shrinky Dinks, what it is, is plastic. Uh, Non-shiny. It's got... Uh, they, they print on it, but it's got a little bit of a... How do I put this? You know the envelopes you get, and they've got the little window in them, and you're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 slight. It's not perfectly glass clear. Do you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. It's clear, and you can read through it, but it's not perfectly clear. That's what they've done. They've given it some vague texture to maybe color forms are the first application of nanotechnology. I don't know. We'll talk about it off air. But anyways, the point is, is <laughs> it's on there so you can take your, uh, for example, your. Um, pencil crayons and all that and you can color them in uh there's something for the the whatever coloring medium you put on to to grip on whereas you couldn't do it with with slick plastic or whatever and then these things are are intended to be uh put into the oven where the plastic then 
shrinks down and hardens up. Like in shrinking down, it kind of thickens and hardens. And yeah. So this is, you know, it's a durable plastic and it's been in a box, which means no light. You know what I mean? Like the thing that usually kills plastic is sunlight. Well, I guess that's true. It's sunlight. Yeah. It's uh, and air to yeah. a lesser degree. So I have a sneaking suspicion that, yeah, that's, that's no reason these things couldn't last forever. Huh. Now, if you're asking me, will I go open mine and verify? No. No, I won't. No, no. Uh, uh, will you eat some real <laughs> Ghostbuster cereal? Because it's been in the package. It's been sealed up. <laughs> no, but he sent me one. Did I tell you about that? No, he sent you some of the cereal? Yeah, he sent it out. He, he, oh, he does that all the time. That's his thing. He's, what I love about his love of pop culture and his channel and his videos and all that is it's not, look at this thing I found. I will now place it here and we'll stare at it. He's like, look at this thing I found. We should totally eat, open it up. You know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> so he did it. With, we have EMTs standing he by. Did it just with, in case. He did it with the cereal, and I'm sure the cereal was terrible. But he kept a few pieces of it, and then came up with these elaborate little storage vials, complete with warning labels on them and all that. And he sent me one, so I have one piece of like basically the <laughs> the the sort of if you squint at it at a, an angle it's supposed to be the the circle no sign is what they shaped the 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 oh my god how funny the wheat approximate the gluten portions <laughs> of the <laughs> cereal uh which <laughs> whatever which have did, only maybe. retained this shape after all this time because they have that sugar frosting from the 80s that they used to put on things um yeah, it's got the Clark Griswold uh, sugar coat over top <laughs> so, of it that preserves it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's just, yeah no that was great. I loved it when I when I saw that because that's what I because it's the thing I would love to do but can't quite bring myself to do is I would l- love to play with these more. There's a few things that now that I have my own little guy that I think I may actually be cracking open, but not for my own enjoyment. I think I actually want to let for him his, play yeah. around with it, right? And wait, wait till he can enjoy it fully that like dad's opening something from the eighties. So here you well, go. Yeah, and if, this is for you. Son. And if toy story is to be believed, these toys have been sitting around for 30 years going for the love of, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> come Somebody on. play with yeah. me. Although if <laughs> toy story is to be believed, those toys have gone mad by now. They probably have. Mm, they probably I have. I have to rethink this. But, uh, <laughs> So let's, uh, speaking of toys, we have a couple of news items here to hit before we move on to our next segment. We need to talk about the Diamond Select uh, final figure that we didn't mention on last week's show. <laughs> it's the Taxi Driver Ta- Ghost. See, that was ta- the one that we see, could ta- not remember. See. Taxi Driver that Ghost. And he looks, looks pretty damn good. Yeah. I am, For all of the, the grief that I gave to the poor Venkman figure, that taxi cab driver looks awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the trick there is... Um, we never got to see the lower half of them, right? So it's kind of concept art speculative. That's true. Yeah. He's just kind of wearing jeans and yeah. Do you see his feet in the photos too? Yep. I haven't seen what they did with his. Oh, you do. Okay. Sort of, Is he wearing like boots or something? Yeah, shoes, no socks sort of thing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about what you'd expect. Yeah. He looks, he looks pretty good. So that's, that's a, I mean, compared to the half torso taxi cab driver that we had before, uh, from Mattel, it's, it's a far cry and the, and the detail in it looks amazing. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, for those of you that have a stern pinball machine, um, why haven't you called me? Why aren't we hanging out? Like when's the invite coming with the beers? Come on guys. But if you do have one, they released a new game code. Uh, so you can download that. It'll update your machine. I don't know exactly what it does, but it's probably just like a firmware update. But hey, if you have a pinball machine, 
you got to do that <laughs> for the one of you that's probably listening that is able to do that. They, uh, um, well, and actually it's important to note too that if you find a machine out in the wild to look at the top left corner because the, the neutral display as it cycles past will show either V1.0 or V1.01. Um, Whatever they've updated to. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, probably some some gameplay and some bug fixes and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, uh, they meant- but very cool that Stern is supporting this pinball machine. That's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, again, in the old days, a machine went out and that was it. Um, yep. Although not entirely. I guess to a lesser degree, uh, some of them had... Uh, throw switches and the throw switches altered some things but it wasn't really a fix or an upgrade it's just that they put yeah. in some mechanisms yeah. so that the people who own the machine could make them easier or harder or whatever customize it a little bit but yeah, uh, yeah so, send out so a little thumb cool. drive plug it in and there you go yeah so uh good good on you stern if you guys are listening uh send me a machine i don't have room for it in my apartment <laughs> but i'll find space if you send me one just so you know All right, so let's let's do this, Chris. Before we get into our next segment, I I want to look. Here's here's the thing. We haven't done a contest in a while, and I really I really have wanted to do a contest, and uh, one just happened to land in our lap here. Uh, last time we <laughs> three we surprises. Did, we did a loot crate. Three surprises, three surprises in one week. Yeah. Um. So so we did a loot crate mm-hmm. uh, contest a while back. Thanks to the loot crate uh, folks for doing that. Um. We're really proud to give you guys another opportunity to win some cool stuff here. Um, if you guys have been on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you have seen that some of the franchises received uh, these great Boo It Forward packages, which is it's like a, a pumpkin uh, bucket for trick-or-treating with some candy in it and the Ghostbusters Blu-ray disc and uh, some cool cards and paperwork and a mini poster. Um, they have been kind enough to give us two of them for us to send to you guys. And so this is very cool. You guys can get your own copy of Ghostbusters on Blu-ray if you don't have it already. Um, You'll also get a few extra because they actually sent them to me so I can include some extra bonus goodies. I'm not going to tell you what those are going to be, but you'll get a little bit of uh, extra extra something from us. Maybe um, an Ecto Mini or two. Think about it. But anyway, so uh, we've got two of these to give away and we're going to make it really, really easy for you guys. Here's all you have to do. You have to call our voicemail, the Interdimensional Crossword voicemail. You know it, you love it, 470-242-4742. Again, 470-242-4742. And you have to say the following in exact wording to enter the contest. It's that easy. You have to say, hi, this is, state your name, and don't do it like, you know, the comedies of the 80s. Actually, state your name. Say, hi, this is, state your name, and I am a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since 1909. That's it. Sounds That's all I gotta say. Sounds great. Sounds great. You got All you gotta do is say that, record that into the voicemail. After you say that, make sure that you leave me uh, a voicemail of... Uh, imprint something that i can get in touch with you like your email address or your twitter account or your phone number just something so that we can can link back to you uh so say hi this is troy and i am a participant in the biggest interventional crossroads since 1909 
what we're going to do is we'll pick a winner at random from those that call in with the most energetic and accurate voicemails. That's very important. You have to be accurate. Get that wording right. Uh, but act now because uh, we want to get this to you before Halloween. Yeah. What, what good is having a trick-or-treat bucket with candy in it if you can't actually have it and enjoy it before Halloween? So what we're going to do is we're going to cut the, the entries off on Saturday, the 22nd, so this coming Saturday. Call that voicemail the minute you listen to this. Get that message in, and again, give me some way to be able to contact you at the end of your message, not in the middle of it, not at the beginning, at the end. There's, there's, a, there's a reason for this madness, guys. You're recording something for something very cool here, and you have a chance to win something. So uh, win your prize package from the Interdimensional Crossrip. Call that voicemail. Leave that message, and we will announce winners on next week's show. He's like, I'm free. I get to go it's Saturday night. I get to nope. Nope. There I am. Working. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is very exciting. We are here um, high above the Grove uh, in lovely Los Angeles. I'm talking with two people that might be familiar to a few of our listeners out there. I'm I'm here with Eric Reich of Ghost Core, and I'm here with Robin Shelby for the first time on the Crossroads. <laughs> Both, both of you for the first time. I know, it's crazy. You got me. <laughs> we got you. Great. We got you. Uh, so we just finished uh, going around. Uh, you guys have put up a little pop-up shop that's out on the... Do they, is there a name for that lawn? It's on the lawn. It's, it's like the their, park. The, the park. park, yeah. yeah. It's basically where Santa Claus sets up shop every year <laughs> is where they set up. But instead of Santa Claus, it's a firehouse that they've set up uh, to show off the new Blu-ray. They've got costumes and, and props and stuff on display. And, and we saw a lot of little kids. I think that was the coolest part of it, was seeing all the little kids. They were like, loving it. They were absolutely loving yeah. it. Kudos yeah. to you, Eric, and your team. Seriously. It was awesome it looked- to see them like trying on the Mattel Proton packs and stuff. And putting on the jumpsuits. Because yeah. you had like jumpsuits of all sizes. Which was cool. Yeah. Uh, so where where did this idea originate? Eric, I'm gonna put you. That's uh, that's the manager from Barnes and Noble on there. Uh, the the idea for for this pop up shop. Where did that originate? How did it develop? It's not too crazy of a story. I mean, Sony's home entertainment team uh, has a bunch of different activations that they're doing all over the country. And uh, this is one that they came to us with and basically presented us some schematics and said, we really want to rebuild the firehouse at the Grove. We want to make it a family thing. Um, so, yeah. So that you, you didn't want to put a jumpsuit on, though. We I do not put, I have my Ghostbusters suit. t-shirt. That's about as <laughs> far as I'm going today. He's representing to the t-shirt. Yeah. He's representing, yeah. It's also very hot, so I don't I don't blame you for not putting on one of those jumpsuits. You guys are sweating out there, for sure. Uh, so, uh, Robin, something happened uh, when we were walking around with both the Southland and the Southern California Ghostbusters. They yes. started, like, an impromptu photo session happened. Yes. And the magic of Ghostbusters, you met somebody. Like, somebody was came up and took a photo and said, who, who was that? What happened there? She's She's from the PR team. She worked on Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And we didn't really work together. Like, I was on a special effects stage. She was she was doing the PR. Um, but it, it just kind of shows what a, a family everybody became, um, both on Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters Answer the Call. 
um, and and she she kind of after conversation she realized who I was and we gave each other a hug and now we're gonna stay in touch and it's it's awesome it's it's crazy it's a small world it's Los Angeles you run into people that um, that are part of your world and you didn't even know it. Yeah, family. I think was the word that I latched onto there. Yes, it's like, completely. She's she saw all of the guys from the franchise in the costume and immediately was like, "Ghostbusters." I worked on Ghostbusters, and she wanted to know everybody's names. And then when she found out that you were in the second film, she wanted to know you, and you know that that bond. And all she all she kept saying is, um, I, I, "It was the best time in my life. I had such a good time working on that. I can't believe it." Like I said, it is family, whether you like it or not. It's like it's all tied in. We're all family. Yeah. So this has been a pretty crazy year for Ghostbusters and for both of you uh, looking back this year now because the, the, the DVD and the Blu-ray is kind of like the last step in the release of this film so now you can start moving forward on stuff but looking back on 2016 as the year of a new Ghostbusters movie how do you both feel about how things went down uh, I just can't believe it's come and gone so quickly because yeah. for me I started working for Ivan back in 2009 as his assistant and um, the second that he pulled me on to No Strings Attached he's like we're going to do this movie this is 2009 and then we're going to do Ghostbusters right after there so I've been basically waiting for this moment to happen for (laughs) six Six years years now (laughs) seven years Um, so it's kind of crazy to look back on and uh, it feels really good that's a yes you've been with Ivan for quite a while now yeah, since uh, I started as an intern for him when I was going to school in Santa Barbara at UCSB, and that was 2007, so it's been nine years. He's lucky <laughs> le- lucky to have yeah, you. He really been, is. It's been a long time. Now you're bringing the family together. The family of Ghostbusters, <laughs> it all goes through Eric. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing that <laughs> I've really does, noticed. It's actually. like... You're, if uh, if Ivan's the godfather of Ghostbusters, you're like our cool uncle. Keeping everyone together, still talking to everyone, <laughs> yeah, exactly. making sure we all get together, do things together. And we're uh, we're always contacting you for the cool stuff. Like, oh, the cool uncle will know. Let's yeah. let's get it. Let's get in touch with Eric. He'll know what's going on. Uh, sorry, as I take a cup of coffee uh, in my hand. <laughs> Terrible podcasting. Why am I a host? Um, so. Uh, so the, okay, so this this year the movie came out. What's next, Robin? What's next for you? You're you're hopping on a plane right after this, right? Yeah, I'm doing a, a convention this month um, in Michigan, and then Rhode Island in November the following month. So, yeah, I'm 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 busy. I'm meeting fans and I'm still doing some short films. I'm I'm acting. You know, I'm I'm a lucky girl. I really am. And and got to be Lady Slimer, which was. I did, and I don't know. I'm going to tell the story super quick. Yes, um, please do. Maybe a year ago, December, I get a Twitter message from Mr. Paul Feig, who I had actually never met um, in person. He he, we kind of talked a little bit online, but um, we didn't really know each other. But he reached out to me saying, "I've got this little thing in the film. Would you like to do it?" And how could I say no? Um, so that was that was pretty incredible to get a job through Twitter. Who would have yeah. guessed? <laughs> Um, and I met Eric because um, I had worked with Ivan on Ghostbusters too, and I wanted to just say hi. I was going to be on the, in that area, and so um, Eric sat with me while um, Ivan was working, and I got to know Eric, and we've been friends really ever since. Yeah, 
I'm at not some sure. He's so year. mean. I, I, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't think you guys are friends because he's like looking at his watch. And he's like checking his phone. And, and Eric has been like so amazing through the whole process. Like even after I, I did the recording, it's like we kept in touch. He kind of was a lifeline to know what was happening, what might be happening next. And like I said, we've become friends. So he's he's a great guy. So yeah, I made another family member, Aww. another friend. <laughs> well, while we're putting Eric on the spot, I'm gonna put you on the spot <laughs> some more here, Eric, uh, because. I was talking with a few people last week about how we are incredibly lucky to have a direct line to when we're fans of something, you usually don't have such a, a, a dialogue or a connection to the parties that, that are making things. Like, I do not have somebody at Lucasfilm that I can talk to about Star Wars, but with Ghostbusters, we have Eric, and that's that's kind of the coolest thing, and so my hat is tipped to you for always being accessible and warm and genuine and... You know, you're, you're so gracious with all of the stuff and all the crazy requests that we throw your way uh, that, you know, it's, it's so cool to have somebody like you to be our cool uncle. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, no, it was really cool because when Ivan uh, said that we were going to be moving to Sony and that we were starting this company, Ghost Corps, the first thing he said is, you know, there's a bunch of these franchises out there, these fans that have loved this movie since it first came out. He's like, these are key. We really got to make sure we include them and make sure that they feel welcome in this next iteration of the movie. So that became my job. And yeah. you've, you've done such yeah. an amazing yeah. job. Yeah. I know the, the fans stuff. are so lucky to have been so included. No other film that I know of has taken the fandom and wrapped their arms around yeah. them and made them part of it. It was and pretty amazing to see everyone at the premiere. That was a cool moment to see. It was so surreal. Um, yeah. Everyone in the stands come together from groups from all over the country that I had been talking to separately and never met obviously in person but then see everyone together was pretty awesome and that I mean just logistics wise that was such a huge endeavor for you guys to to uh, to embark upon because you're calling in fans from all over the world um, you're trying to figure out because there were 300 people how many people ended up being something there? like that yeah more, yeah. Right? more than that yeah. So, so, yeah I think we had capacity for 300 but we ended up squeezing some standing room there. There. it yeah. was incredible it but was so incredible. you're 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 wrangling more than 300 fans and and you want to make sure that all of them know that they're loved and appreciated even though it's this giant mass of fans yeah. <laughs> it's kind of tough to, to give everybody that individual uh, attention and you guys did it so well. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, they, they all got to see and, and be a part of it. And and again, I've never seen that before. I've never, you know, all look at all of the fandoms. You've got, like, the big Star Trek fandoms and Star Wars fandoms and the, the open welcome mat that you guys have, have put out for the fans. It's just, it shows. And, yeah. you know, if Sony's, that was your job, yeah. job well done. Sony's been really great about um, understanding Ghost Core and what we're doing on the lot. And then also the connection to the fans. So whenever we do something around Ghostbusters, they're great to reach out to us first and say, hey, we want to get you guys involved. Um, so that's what we do. <laughs> so for the past 12 months, maybe a little bit longer than that, both of your lives has been Ghostbusters, 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 Ghostbusters. Yeah. Very, very much so. Do, yeah. you, do you need a break? Are you okay? <laughs> or is the, Are you ready to just keep going and, and, and moving on forward with I Ghostbusters? I feel like everything in my life is going to be Ghostbusters for the next probably <laughs> few years, if not longer. Um, but it's a good thing. It's fun. Yeah. It's neat to go to work every day and uh, see the ecto outside and walk into the firehouse and it feels good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. This, this is just a really quick conversation. We're going to have Robin back on the show. Don't worry. 
We're going to talk to her about all of the amazing things that she's done in her career and is continuing to do. And then, Eric, we're going to get you on the show in depth. Like, this this was great to idea. finally get you in for a little bit. A little teaser. A little tease. <laughs> we're going to get more, Eric. So, uh, so guys, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. And, yeah, come back. Please come back. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. What's going on, guys? This is Chris coming from the Space Coast down in Florida. I just wanted to say you guys are amazingly entertaining. This is Mella. Can't even speak. So let's see if I can delete this. Hey, guys. This is Chris calling again from the Space Coast down in Florida after just surviving Hurricane Matthew. I wanted to say uh, you guys are incredibly entertaining. And also, you asked for my favorite Halloween or fall season movie isn't the Ghostbusters, and that would have to be Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I watched it first when I was only seven years old. After convincing my parents, they rented for me from Blockbuster, and I was a horror junkie from that day forth. So again, thanks a lot for putting on an amazing podcast. You guys rule. Later. Okay, as promised, we are now joined by the one, the only, the director of Ghost Heads. You probably know and love him from Cross the Streams Radio or online on the forums or on Facebook. You've seen him everywhere, Mr. Brendan Mertens. Welcome to the show, sir. So glad to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much for, for having me here in your lovely studio. Uh, which is because we're all together face to face as we do this. Do you need uh, need water? You need coffee? Anything? We can oh, I have water. It? Don't. Okay. Thank you so much. Don't get up, Troy. Don't get up. I, 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 all right, good. Uh, I was. We don't have water or coffee here. That was <laughs> a really good sell, guys. Keep it going. Yeah, just keep it going. But no, it's it's been a long time coming. We're really glad to have you on the show. Uh, I've, you've, you've been on the show a couple of times uh, from archival interviews and, and so on and so forth. But now you're you're here, you're live in the flesh, and just in time for Ghost Heads to be coming out on physical media, Blu-ray, DVD, digital release, uh, you name it. If if you didn't catch it on Netflix, now you can catch it uh, anywhere and everywhere, which is nice. How does it feel? You're you're done, right? This is like the the home stretch. This is the final step in the film's process. I go with like almost final step. Well, first of all, I just want to point out the fact I uh, I had to buy my own Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> Did you really? I, yeah, I really. I'm still waiting for that to arrive. Actually, I think that's really funny because uh, the the company, the distribution place, uh, doesn't. Uh, they, you know, made DVDs. We get a few of like extra, but like uh, we're almost done in the sense that we just got to do the perks. But the film itself. It's done. Like, yeah, we're you know we have a home for it on uh, streaming services and a physical release, and it's kind of neat. It's very surreal to see people posting it before I even get my hands on a copy. So I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Other people have your Blu-ray of your movie before you do. That's yeah. Uh, well, well, I assume it's a, a location thing. I'm in Canada, the company that's handling the physical releases in America. So uh, okay. oh, that old chestnut. Yeah. Yep. We, we know, account we for know your well. account for your country, Troy. What the hell? I I don't. I've tried sending you stuff that disappears. I have no idea. That is just, that is true. There's a wall, um, maybe now. I I have no idea what's going on. If I know, if I recall correctly, it show it just launched on iTunes. Well, at the time of this recording, what a day or two ago? Is that right, Brendan? Yeah, it's so funny because it was on my uh, wedding anniversary. So that was the best wedding anniversary gift anyone could have gotten me. 
<laughs> and was it the best wedding day, wedding anniversary gift your wife could have gotten, or was she? Just, um, no, the best. Pay wedding, attention to me. No, the <laughs> stop best, clicking uh, refresh. Pay attention to me. <laughs> the best uh, wedding anniversary gift she got that day was her NFL team, the San Diego Chargers, uh, beating the Denver Broncos. Oh, ouch! <laughs> Something Sorry. for everybody. Stinks. Yeah. So the, we each had our own thing together that day. Well, at least, at least you guys both got something. That's that's good. Uh, but okay, wait. Let's let's rewind a little bit because for people that may not be familiar, uh, how did you how did you become a fan of Ghostbusters? What, what was your history with uh, Ghostbusters as a child, and and what attracted you to this this movie? All right. So like, I was three the first time I ever saw it, and it was the first movie that was like live action that didn't have Muppets in it. And what it was is uh, my dad was a huge fan of like Ivan Reitman. Like my dad was an immigrant. So he learned English through movies mm-hmm. and he never knew like Ivan Reitman's name, but like, he's like, Oh, I love animal house and stripes and meatballs. And he's like, these guys made ghostbusters. And so he watched it and I loved it. And he thought it was mediocre at best. <laughs> and he did not get that. I was, I, you know, with being three, I'm loving the scene where Slimer gets Bill Murray and we watched that like, I don't know, like 50 times. Uh, we had a VCR, right? So we had to rewind it. And he was just like more amazed by my reaction uh, to that sequence than the entire movie. So by the time I'm, I want to say about six years old, uh, I got the chicken pox. And I, my dad worked uh, right next to a video store. He owned like a mechanic shop. Uh, and right next to him was a video store and he'd be like oh what movie do you want do you want peter pan and i'm like no ghostbusters and he'd be like oh you can't get that movie anymore like we can't rent it i was like okay how about ghostbusters 2 and (laughs) once again he's like i'm gonna get you peter pan because that was the other thing too um my my dad learned english through movies so a lot of films meant something to him so when he came to canada one of the first films he saw in like the the 50s or whenever it was uh, was peter pan so for some reason he thought, oh, it's coming back out. And it came back out uh, in North America. I think when Ghostbusters 2 came out. Because we went down to the cinema, which was in the mall. And there was like five posters for these movies. And one of them was Ghostbusters 2. And so I, I threw almost like a, a hissy fit or a temper tantrum. And uh, we ended up seeing Peter Pan and not Ghostbusters 2 that day. But oh. Well, you you know, you, you made the sacrifice for dad. That's that's yeah, okay. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Or or um, we. I don't know if you remember the uh, the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, how old are you, again, Troy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like doing that. Or whatever you got, you like pretend to explain. So anyway, so um, you remember the, like the wall and whatever. So like my dad being German, he's got relatives over there, like his sisters. So we go over there when the wall comes down. It's a big deal for some people over there, right? So. We're there for like a few months, like several months, actually. We, we lived over in Germany, whatever. And I remember I almost got hit by a bunch of cars because I ran across the road and escaped my father's hand because I saw the uh, Ghostbusters 2 like kind of um, advertisements. It was playing at like a theater down there. So I remember uh, they had this giant window and it was filled with like a smoking trap and Lewis like faced a trap kind of thing. Like I, I just remember that and all the cars honking when I ran across the road and almost got hit, but I didn't care. I was like, Ghostbusters, this is great. And then actually in Germany, I didn't have my toys. So I, my dad was bragging about how good of a kid I was. And like the first thing I did when we went out was like somehow go to a retail store and I threw a temper tantrum over a series one Egon. And then my uh, uncle uh, Klaus, uh, he bought it for me. So I would stop screaming and crying in the stores. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's very manipulative manipulative of you uh i like it i like it a yeah. lot uh so okay so uh from from childhood on uh obviously you were really involved uh with the 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 fan community uh once you know st- stuff started building in terms of like bill's website and gb fans and uh so just tell us across the streams really paved the way i mean chris and i would not be here talking on the interdimensional crosser had there have not been you know cross the streams radio listening to that podcast with ghost heads that was we had to do it i mean it was it was the program it was appointment programming for any ghost head uh how did the how did the radio show the podcast come along See, I always like calling it, because I, I get what a podcast is, right? It's radio, so I love calling it a radio show, because that's that, what it is, just in a digital format. So Across the Streams Radio Show, like, I love radio. Like, my um, uh, my grandfather on my dad's side was uh, a radio guy. Like, he was a political dude, but he was on the radio spouting his political stuff. But he was going up against this one, like, popular sort of party. And I always knew that growing up, that you know he did this big thing, and it was it was very brave of him. Because I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the Nazis. So, um, my grandfather was politically against them, also Jewish. So that's kind of a double whammy for him. So, anyways, had this thing for radio, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool with these podcasts taking off, like doing something that's very niche and something I liked so I could do it on like a monthly basis and not be like sick of it or annoyed of it. And I always loved the idea of how Ghostbusters put like lightning in a bottle and we never really analyzed it or figured out like how that really went into depth, like, you know, everybody's angle. Because I feel like we had the video game that came out. I thought that was also lightning in a bottle for it was. Like, I think the only thing missing of that was like, I don't know, like a, a little map or whatever, but like it was cool because you could talk to anybody uh, from cartoon to the video game to the movies. You're kind of limited uh to a degree. And I think we did like 41 episodes and it just sort of like happened from there that I learned about these franchises. Because before that, I knew that there was an online community, um, like what you were saying, Bill Emco's site and uh, GB fans and Proton Charging and Spook Central all those sites is ex- existed, but I didn't know about the franchises. And then with every episode, we try and combine maybe somebody from the movies or or whatever, like, and then somebody from the fr- like from a franchise as we're like learning about them. And I thought that was really cool, like how everybody had this like fan group, and it was so different. Like every group was different from the next. Like there was no rule book. It wasn't like the five hundred first, right? So there was no there was no like involvement with Sony. And right, right. I, I just thought that was really cool and really neat because people were doing so much good with it, like Arizona or something like that. Like really high profiling them or making themselves like sort of high profile or whatever in the digital world. And um, yeah, I guess I thought once a month was more than enough for my wife to put up with and <laughs> it just sort of happened from there and i remember actually adam uh skinner the guy who would edit like the last sort of half of the across the stream episodes he remembers uh me having anthony bueno on talking about cleaning up the town and he said he still has the recording of me going like after we do the show i go aunt can i talk to you like offline or whatever i got a couple questions uh, i had this idea for like a documentary and it started like years ago and I sort of like placed it in my head of like, oh, that wouldn't that be neat if, and it's sort of, I don't know, it's just spawned from that. What if, and then, yeah, I don't know. You either do it or you don't like, I don't want to quote Hamlet, but Hamlet was a guy of action or I mean, I don't know, you're man of action or you're man of inaction. 
So that, that was that, so long winded. I'm so sorry. That no, was, no, no, that was good. That, that was great. Was awful. So the 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 germ of ghost heads kind of came from Cross the Streams Radio. It sounds like. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Like if I called it Cross the Streams Radio Show, the movie, I think that would get lost in a general audience because really that's what it was. <laughs> it was talking to these people about the fans, and that's what I w- it would have been anyways. I mean, every person we interviewed was like, I think the shortest interview was like maybe Ray Parker Jr. for like half an hour, and the longest would be like an hour. I mean, wow. it was really, yeah, it was the podcast in film form or like a film version of it. So so you're going into the production with uh, the idea that you're going to get to know all of these fan franchises. You're going to talk to the, the people behind the film. How does that present a challenge? I mean, that's that's a whole lot to kind of chew. <laughs> you've got you've got fran- fan franchises across North America and beyond, you know, across the sea. Uh, and then you've got all of these filmmakers, which are tough to catch up with. Uh, what was the biggest challenge with this production for you guys? Well, first, before anybody joined me, and it was just me, I was kind of like, oh, like, wouldn't it be neat if this was a little experimental video? Maybe we could go viral and we could show the world how, what the fans are or something. You know, like I, I, maybe we could show Sony this thing. So what happened was Sony contacted us uh, after we raised our first Kickstarter. Because what happened was I put like a 43-second sort of sizzle reel online when I was pitching it to certain fan groups. And British Columbia Ghostbuster Todd uh, Whalen ended up shooting this thing for me because like I couldn't travel because we didn't have a budget. So I was asking people originally to help like shoot their own material, which is why uh, originally the tagline was like, you know, buy fans or for fans, buy fans. And it really kind of involved the community in that way, where they would shoot their own material and we'd cut together all this stuff. So when we started to shoot more and more and more, Tommy Avalone, the guy that directed um, I'm Santa Claus, and he's, he's been a part of like other movies, he contacted me going, oh, this is a really neat idea. Like, how are you doing this? And for about a month, he was kind of guiding me through like, oh, you know, you could turn this into a real idea, or this is how you would do this, or this is how you would tell a story. And then eventually he became like an on-call producer and then from on-call to a full-time. And then when we did the Kickstarter, uh, just to have a budget and travel, we thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could go to LA and, and do these interviews? And then Sony contacted us and we had already started contacting some people. And uh, Eric Reich from Ghost Corps, the gentleman who runs that, who has worked with like Ivan for like the last eight years, was really helpful in like everything and, and getting us a lot of the bigger interviews. But at the same time, we had just contacted these people because, uh, I mean, Tommy knew what to do and he, he taught me everything, like a lot of stuff. And it was really neat. It was almost like going to film school, but making a, a kick-ass movie along the way. Yeah, Crash Course, absolutely. So- yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have time to think or overthink or overanalyze. And that's where I think the we almost, like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but it's almost like we put lightning in a bottle because we took that Ghostbusters approach from 13 months from shooting to release. And, and you, you just went with your gut. And we just went with like, every punch thrown at us. And there were so many uh, bumps along the way. Like, like, like when they were going to do the original trailer um, release party thing before Star Wars came out, that was going to screw us over big time. But then they canceled it, and then we were back on again for like a ton of our interviews. Oh, it was going to screw you in terms of scheduling people, like getting, yeah. getting people for the yeah, interviews? yeah, because we yeah. had scheduled we had scheduled it, and then all of a sudden they're doing this big thing, and it's like the week we, we had booked the t- like we had already booked our tickets, and we had all this equipment and all this other stuff uh, rented. So it was kind of like, oh, like what are you like? We're gonna get like like a, a th- 
I don't know, like a quarter of the interviews we would have gotten mm. if, um, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, but luckily, uh, for whatever reason, they, you know, canceled. And yeah, we were just really fortunate and lucky for that. Because what was going to happen too is because we were going to be in LA, we couldn't film the event that was going to happen in New York, uh, that was going to happen on the Today Show and stuff like that. And then the screening at Central Park and the Q&A with Paul and Ivan. Like we just, we were going to hire a, a couple of camera crews and stuff like that. It just all, much, much like filmmaking does, it all just changed <laughs> at the last minute. Well, yeah, I mean, with the documentary too, like you kind of are bending, like... If, if, if this was a narrative film, yeah, I'd be, you know, like a dictator. But, like, because it's a documentary and you kind of go, go with the flow, yeah. it's like I, I'm bending at the will of, like, what is happening and what's going on. Yeah, not not a lot of control over the documentaries, that's for sure. Um, you no, know, like, our ending was handed to us during the edit. And then as soon as it happened, it was like, oh, yeah, that's our ending right there. Well, how, yeah, with, with all of this footage that you guys were getting from the fans or that you're going around and you're shooting, you know, uh, all over the place, how do you whittle that down to a 90 minute movie? What do you, how did you decide what to focus on and how did you decide, you know, what can go on to the DVD? Cause the DVD is packed, right? You guys have a lot of the, the stuff that didn't make it into the film on the DVD. Oh yeah. Like uh, one of my favorite special features is besides the awkward director segment, which I think is hilarious because it shows how I was just trying to tell a story and not be like showboating around. Like I'm very awkward, um, just trying to learn the whole filmmaking thing. Anyways, um, there's one, can you guys remember, we're all fans of Ghostbusters. Remember how like there's alternate titles? All this oh, stuff? Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so one of the special features, we, we go into that. Like, we kind of tell, like, this quick history. It's like a six, seven-minute thing of history of Ghostbusters, how it came to be. And it's everybody telling the story. And one of the bits in the that segment is the Ghost Smashers, smashers Ghost Blasters, Ghost Catchers. And we get, like, Frank Price, uh, Ivan Reitman, like, Dan Aykroyd mentions it, like, um, uh, what's his name? Bill Atherton. You know, he, you know, we get everybody to talk about that, which was really neat. Like, that was cool. Joe Medjuk, uh, all that stuff, man. It was really cool um, putting some of this, the special features together because we had all this amazing um, interview stuff and, and, and time with them and getting their input. Like, I don't know. I wish I could sit down with, like, all the ghost heads and be like, hey, check out this, like, hour-long interview or check out this 45-minute yeah. thing. Like, I wish we could just put on the, the raw interviews. And then the music video, too, like... I was so happy when we went with that theme because we went through so many artists. Um, so when we came across um, Hana Lee with their song and like their demo for it, it was like, yeah, like we're going with this. And I, I, I love it because I love The Clash. And to me, their Ghost Heads theme song was like The Clash meets like the horn section from Blues Brothers. And I just, I thought that I really <laughs> dug the sound of that. It's really neat to be like, oh, I'm, I'm really proud of the movie and I'm just as proud as like the soundtrack here. Like, I think that's a really cool song for what it is. And I hope people put that song um, like in their proton packs. And sorry if I'm rambling here, but it's, uh, you get me going. I'm excited now. Well, I'm jacked. I get the adrenaline. As you should be. I mean, what, so, but what else, what else is on the, you talked about the music video there, uh, in terms of um, special Dana features, are there um, other? family business. Yeah. There's Dan Aykroyd's family, uh, business, um, which kind of goes into like Aykroyd explaining the, um, how his family was involved in like the paranormal and stuff like that. There's one segment we tried to fit it in the movie, but I, it was really, to me, it didn't, feel like it flowed well and it was too inside baseball was the fan films so it's called i think on the dvd it's called like we have the tools we have the talent and so what it is is the fan films of ghostbusters 
and that's about 10 minutes, I think, 10 or 11 minutes. Hmm. So we have people that made different fan films, and the segment just is uh, full of people talking about the fan films. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, just, just a bunch of stuff there. It's like over, well over 30 minutes of uh, footage. Like we got the music video and... Um, yeah, yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, commentaries? I mean, I, I know... Oh, gosh, uh, yeah, we did the commentary track for sure. Like, I know, um, you know, Chris and Ryan and Evelyn did, like, a really fun commentary track when I listened to theirs. I thought it was, like, hilarious. I want to jump in there and, and have a drink with those guys and talk <laughs> about, you know, some of this stuff and, and some of the community. But, yeah, we did a... What happened was, because I'm in Canada and the rest of the guys are kind of in connecting states to each other, like Jersey, New York, Philly. So they all got together and then had me chime in through Skype instead of recording separate audio tracks. We did it all together and we just used the soundboard and we kind of mixed it a bit. So we're all on there and we're all talking about the movie. And that, that part was really neat. Nice. Excellent. Um, let's see what else. Uh... I mean, so you you said that you you still have the perks left. That's one other thing that I know people have been wondering. Uh, what's what's the status on those? If they're listening and they contributed to the Kickstarter, you guys are working on those. Those will be coming, especially the ones that pe- people already ordered the DVD. So like, well, I haven't bought it because I'm waiting for that to come. Those those are on the way. Yeah. Oh, like we're literally just waiting for like close to 300 DVDs to arrive. So I mean, I don't know if it's like a shipping thing or a manufacturing thing. Mm. But th- we definitely have like a list and that's the only thing we have left to do to try and save on shipping costs because everything else, instead of like shipping one person multiple items separately, like we just had to wait for like the DVDs to come in and we had to buy them like everybody else, sadly. And yeah. I, uh, the patches came in not too long. For some reason, they sent us the patches in two batches. So we got the batch like a month ago and then the second half uh, just a few days ago, uh, maybe last week. What are we? Th- yeah, so it would have been either mon- this past Monday or like last Friday. We got the other half of the patches, which are sweet, by the way. I really uh, dig the uh, ghost head patches, which I hope people put on their uniform. Yeah, that's great. So it's wait. You're waiting for the whole the package DVDs, to come together it. so that you can send it all at once, and it, to- yeah. it totally makes sense. So for everybody well, that's really, out there waiting, just be patient. It's coming. The guy and I get it. People are upset and stuff like that. Like, um, like I don't know. Like, I don't think people realize the logistics or people think we're maybe manufacturing them ourselves or I know the big thing was the Blu-ray like why didn't you offer the Blu-ray I got a lot, a lot of hate messages like I've gotten a ton of hate mail throughout this entire thing oh, no. which which is amazing and and it's the internet really it's, yeah. yeah I get it it's you don't hear the good stuff because like it's so much easier just to be like screw you or I want to put bleach in my eyes or whatever <laughs> like I, I get it it's fine you can I only have told you that once so yeah. and I apologize and, uh, later so come on and I understand like 99% of the, the hate I get is, uh, is, I call it, I label it sour grapes. Like, why me no in this? Why me cut from this? Why me not interviewed? And, you know, like, whatever. I, I get it. You know, you're, you think you're somebody and we're all nobodies in this fandom. Like, you know, we pick somebody because it tied in. Like, I, I picked Tom for a reason. Like, Tom had not only an incredible sort of backstory or attachment to this that was like really emotional, was like he did it because he met Mosin as a kid. And as soon as, you know, I heard that, it was like, oh my God, that's how we're, cause I, I was worried. I was like, how am I going to fit Pete Mosin into this? Cause you can't have the movie without Pete Mosin. Sure. And, and I remember, you know, when we sat down with Danny, he's like, oh, I hope you boys like, um, talked about, talk to Mosin. And I was like, oh, we'll get there in a moment. Like I didn't want to do anything and then try and recreate it for film. So, uh, once he said that, it was like, oh wow. Like, you know, this is how we're going to time in. Like we're going to uh, do all the stuff. And I remember too, 
for his like 30th birthday, he was like, oh, I want to go to the fire hall. And we had already done like one interview with him at that point. And I ended up hearing from like uh, some of the, somebody, some ghost head was talking to the second unit or third unit that was doing the driving stuff. So they gave me the address of, hey, they're shooting. They're shooting around this location, blah, 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 this day, this time. And it ended up being Tom's birthday. And I was like, well, he's going to be at the fire hall that day. So I ended up passing along the information to the people filming, which was Tommy and Derek. And they went to the, the set, near the set, and they kind of made a scene because it's a giant <laughs> ecto in New York that's not part of the movie. Um, kind of turned some heads. And then the production head was like, okay, hold on a second. Let's, let's see if we can get you guys access to the new car. And uh, yeah, so that was, I don't know. I thought it was just all neat. Yeah. All kind of cool, you know? And that's that's such a fun moment in the movie too, because you still you see that childlike wonder in, in Tom's eyes as he's like, Oh, can I look under the tarp? Come on, let me see it, you know, <laughs> like that. Yeah, that excitement. He becomes, man. Like, he he becomes had a ten year old kid again. Yeah, and that's that's the I don't know, that to me was was neat, that emotional connection versus, hey, I do this because I got a case of the look at me's. And then that to me was way more powerful than than you know, focus. I guess people are upset because I didn't make a seven hour talking head movie that only 200 people would see. And it would only be those 200 people that are in the movie. Right. I think that's right. like the, the big thing that they were surprised about that. It was like an actual film. You know, we tried to tell like a, a legit story um, with uh, themes being like, you know, self identity and stuff like that. And then, and throwing my parents into the film too, it meant a lot to me, like having Abigail with her alcoholism. Like my, my dad, uh, was an alcoholic and he was an AA, but he didn't always agree with that system. He always thought like, you know, it was good for people, but it was the only thing that he had. But I think he would like that Abigail was able to stop drinking and use Ghostbusters because that'd be really unique. You're kind of replacing one unhealthy addiction with another addiction to do good in the world with like fundraising and, and stuff like that. That's really fantastic. And then Orion meant a lot to me uh, having that in the movie because my mother's got cerebral palsy. And so not much is known about cerebral palsy. And I think that's like the greatest part of the movie is Alex Newborn even says that. He's like, not much is known about it, but... And, and just me just having that one line in there, I felt like really good about myself and just, yeah. you know, putting, putting something into the world that like, well, look, here's, you know, we're not making it a focus point, but like with, we don't know much about that kind of thing. Like you can either be born with it or you can get it later. It's, you know, whatever. And if you practice or go to therapy, like sometimes your motor skills can get a little bit better. Like we just don't know much about it or we just, I don't know. It's not much is like ever talked about it, I guess, or, or the spotlight's never on it. So I love the fact that Orion during our filming was able to tie his own shoes without the help of his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply. I mean, it's deeply personal for you. It's deeply personal for everybody that's in the film. And, and it, it really shows that I, I, the prevailing uh, sentiment that I always saw was how many times can I cry during one movie? You know, that everybody <laughs> was getting so choked up and emotional watching this film. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a testament to the stories that, uh, that they told a testament to the story that you told and, and it worked out, it worked out really, really well. Yeah, um, so, so looking back, but, I mean, obviously, but hang on a sec, but why Todd Whalen? Why Todd Whalen? So no. Todd Whalen, <laughs> honestly, like, no, here, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go into this here with you. I'm mostly so, just being a jerk about it. No, no, no. It's <clears> fine, <throat> man. So what happened was, I think Todd, Todd, we filmed twice in Toronto because he came down two times and like you have 
different people using Ghostbusters for different things. And the one thing that I liked about Todd Whalen was the sense of community. And it was because he was coming back for a second time uh, into Toronto. I was like, oh, we can really capture this community thing. So we flew Derek in to shoot with me. And so he and I are shooting and Lee and Tommy are in Chicago at C2E2 that weekend. So we can, at that weekend, we're doing two different things. They're promoting the movie in Chicago and we are uh, shooting in Toronto. And it was so neat to see everybody and surprise people too. Like that was the thing. Todd surprised a lot of the Ontario people by showing up that day. Like they didn't know until that day. And then the, there was a scene that was cut that we filmed, but it was like him getting to become like an honorary um, Ontario Ghostbuster. But once in the edit, cause that's what we thought the story was uh, trying to go for community was like how he's being inducted to this group and all this stuff. But when we were editing the film, we saw that he got very emotional when he saw that car. Like that car brought him back, but in a different way than Tom going to the new set. Like it was, I don't know, it was kind of unique. It was seeing somebody that used it for, for this friendship and bond and then being transformed or not transported, just transported and back into a different time. It was cool, man. It was just really neat and cool. Yeah. And I think I'm in the Todd Whalen camp of people that were using the fandom for friends and a way like you're not doing it forever kind of thing is the whole idea. Like his wife was really cool about it. Like my wife was really cool about it because you got to picture my wife from the beginning when I go, I think I want to make a movie and she's like, Oh, okay, that's good for you. That's just fun. And I'm like, yeah, but it's about the fans of ghostbusters. And then it's like, Oh son of a, come on. You just did the podcast for like four <laughs> or five years. You just, you took a break from it. And what? Oh, come on. Like I feel bad for her, like trying to explain to her. And then you got to be even like, like crazier to be like, okay, listen, babe, I know I'm making a movie, but now I'm going to try to raise $30,000 so I can go to LA and do all this other stuff and travel like and interview these people. That's an even bigger, like, Oh, co what? Come on. Like, so, um, she still hasn't seen the movie. I love that. Like, I think that's hilarious. Like it's not her cup of tea at all. Like she's not a pop culture kind of person. Like, There's really the commentary track you need to record. Oh my gosh, my wife watching it for the first time. You really sitting down and watching it with her, yeah. Oh my gosh. So we compliment each other in that sense because like, we're the same person with different interests and she's like not into this stuff at all, but she's really supportive in the sense of, yeah, you got to do this. Like you got to like do your thing. Like I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend to get it, but just do it. it like I, you, yeah. you come out of it like a happier person. It's, it's your thing. Like it's your, it's what you do and people like you and uh, appreciate whatever because she would see like some of the nice emails and some of the bad emails and the only time she never liked it is like when maybe like ghostbuster fans would try and add her on facebook because she doesn't use social media she's not like a person like that so when she goes on there to see if her family contacts her or something like that which is very rarely it'll be like a bunch of ghostbuster fans and she's like oh come on come on <laughs> this is your thing not mine so let's see yeah she's 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 trying to keep it at a little bit of a distance, but uh, but she understands it, which is good. And you know, I feel like uh, Chris, you and and my wife, especially they they're pretty they're pretty nice about it. They they're pretty understanding. Yeah. In general, I I don't think you can be a fan if your your significant other is not into it to some degree. Well, I think my wife gets it. Like, or at least she tolerant really of it. She really really likes sports, so I'm not into sports, so I'm into this. Like she understands that part of it. It's like a hobby, right? And I think, like I'm not 
trying to like just brag here about like whatever, like my family or something like that. But like when I went to LA to film for the first time, I didn't stay with my crew. I stayed with my aunt because I'd never met my aunt before. And it was really weird closure learning so much history about my father growing up in mm. 1937 Germany. Like I'd never, I don't know, I never met her and, and her and my dad didn't get along. And then to bond, like I never felt like I belonged in my family because I was always making videos. And in high school, I was making these videos and my dad was just so, I don't know, just not, he, he was a free spirit in some ways, uh, using comedy um, to, in, in his uh, AA speakings. So anytime you speak at AA, he'd use comedy and he could pick up a guitar and start doing Buddy Holly voices and playing songs. But he never got videos. Like He never thought like that's a real tangible career. I'll never forget what he said. He said, You'll, no one's ever going to ask you to direct a movie. And it was so true because nobody asked me to make ghost heads. It's like, yeah, I just did it. Yeah, you just have and to then, do it. Yeah, and then meeting my aunt, realizing, because she lived in L.A., and I was like, oh, when am I going to go to L.A. next? Well, it turned out like a, you know, a month later, but um, I got to meet her, and it was like, a, you know, she was a free spirit like me. So, like, we really, I, there was similarities. Like, when you meet somebody from your family and you've never met them before there's always like a 50 50 chance if they're interested in something or not but because my my wife is stuck with my aunt all the time there were mannerisms or, or weird things that she would do like moving her stuff in the middle of the night like she she t would tell my wife this stuff like when they're trying to like hang out um you know she, she would move the whole house around in the middle of the night and she said like oh, i don't think my daughter like that and there were moments where my wife was like, oh, that's Brendan. Because what would happen is my wife's such a heavy sleeper. I'd be like, I'm going to redecorate this house. And I'd just do it in the middle of the night. It was just like weird things like that. So it was, it was cool. Like you, For the first time, it, it felt like, oh, like I belong in the family somehow. So in, in a way, like making this movie was like a weird existential sort of like, not crisis, but like a um, closure, I guess, in a lot of hmm. ways. So it was weird. Like I appreciate the movie in so many ways. Yeah, that's that's it. It helped you grow uh, professionally and personally. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, right. It's you got to evolve. I always think that's really important to evolve, kind of as a as a human or grow as a whatever. I hate using the a word, but like artist or something like that. So I felt like okay, I did a podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't like because I feel it's, like it's like when I try and tell people like, oh, I'm humble, and then that's like, well, it's like the least humble thing you could say or do, because like I hate when people. I'll go out with my friends or something and somehow they'll bring up the Ghostbuster documentary on Netflix and they're bringing up to like a server or we go to Tim Horton's coffee or which is like your Starbucks kind of thing. And I get embarrassed and I just kind of want to leave. I want to be like, yeah, it's a, cause you have to explain to people. And then when they go like, what it's a what? And then you have to explain even more. I just get so embarrassed. I was like, Oh no, like it's, it's on the internet, you know, it'll find its audience or not regardless of anything like that. So it's, I'm i uh, I'm not, um, not that I'm not a people person, but I'm not like a self promoter. Like I don't like going out there and be like, Hey, you should buy my movie. And then my neighbor going, I'm just taking out my trash. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone, man. I got it. I know you directed a movie already. Jeez. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> oh, and, and well, the good thing too, is now that there's more avenues for people to find the movie, you know, on Netflix, people could stumble across it, uh, obviously when they're, you know, thumbing through trying to find stuff, but you know, now it's going to pop up on Amazon and, and uh, on iTunes and, Lot, lot of good places for them to stumble across it. So I'm sure you'll be hearing some feedback, you know, not necessarily right this moment, but uh, a year from now, two years from now, people that are, that are going to find this movie that had no idea that it, it existed uh, prior. And so you'll, you'll still be hearing experiences and you'll be getting stories. And 
I feel like you're you're gonna be a, a touchstone for people after they see this movie that they'll they'll write you emails or they'll you know send you a, a Facebook request and want to talk about it. So that's that's cool. That's really great that you've kind of opened up this this conversation piece. Uh, it kind of keeps Cross the Streams Radio going in a sense. Well, I hope people. I mean, I guess like the best thing I could get out of this is if you inspire people. Like it, it's great that you know people message me or leave reviews on IMDb, especially the one I think my favorite was called like very misleading, and as if they thought like I would uh, show how the fandom started out on websites, like I would do close up shots of people typing on keys or <laughs> men at like computers with the glowing faces from the monitor. Like I don't know what they were thinking there, but I hope those that are unhappy with it do their own thing with it with this franchise or make that seven hour talking head episodic thing. Like it's interesting uh, their take on it i'll watch whatever people make but I, yeah. I you can't put a price on inspiration like you can't put a price on oh this person made this because of what i did like that to me is the coolest thing and now because i've learned how to do a movie start to finish and all the avenues and a lot of stuff i screwed up on and as long as i turn my mistakes into learning opportunities i'm gonna do it again and by that, I mean, like, I, I've, it looks probably to my neighbors like I've been running a brothel because I've got, like, a yellow Lamborghini coming for, like, a couple hours, and that leaves, like, in the last two days, I think I've had, like, ten comedians come to my house. <laughs> so, like, I'm already working on my second thing. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it just looks like I'm, yeah, I'm either a drug dealer or running a brothel or something. It's just weird. Well, so you, you bring it up. What, uh, what is next for you? Are you allowed to talk about it yet? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to get a spanking or anything, but, like, I, I originally... It was going to like focus with Tom Green and stuff like this. And uh, I ended up talking to the guy that did I Am Comic and I Am Road Comic, Jordan Brady. And he, he was really like helpful in the sense where he's like, oh, I think I'd tell him like my premise or like what I was thinking about doing. And he sort of formed it into another idea. And I was kind of going with that idea. And then uh, today, actually, it was a, a really interesting meeting with uh, Canadian comic Mike McDonald. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or anything like that. Like he's he's kind of he's, he's in his early sixties. He he lived in America for the last like I think twenty or twenty five years, and he was like I've, best friends with like, Tim Allen. I don't know. I've or, seen uh, Chris- Mike McDonald in concert. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I you know like whatever. Like I, I it's all relative or whatever. Like to me, he's a rock star. <laughs> like I've only been nervous for a few people, and he was one of them today. And I wanted him to feel safe with me. And the more I got to know him the more he he was kind of hitting the notes that I wanted to hit. So if Ghost Heads was a metaphor for my childhood and my parents and all that, well, then, then my second movie, I want to grow physically and metaphorically, so it's going to be my adolescence. And stand-up meant a lot to me because that was part of the escapism when my mother had, like, schizophrenia. And so, like, you know, my mom having the schizophrenia, what about mental uh, illness awareness? And Mike McDonald's got bipolar um, uh, disorder and so like to manage that and put yourself in such a public space and like what if you're having a bad day or not managing yourself you know and there's other themes too like Tom Green would hit the um, you know he's getting up there now he's, he's getting um, he's going to be 50 soon not too long and that's how old my dad was when he had me so is Tom working so much that he doesn't see that he could miss this fatherhood opportunity or his relationships suffer because of um, because of working too much and, and traveling the world and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, it, it'd be a neat project. I, we'll see what happens in the end. 
uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm hanging out with comedians, and I could never do stand-up, but I love comedy, and it means a ton to me. So Yeah, sounds like another dream-come-true project, which is, is going to be a lot of fun if, if it comes to fruition. So where, where can people keep track of, uh, of the new projects that are on the horizon, all the stuff that you're working on? Is, is social media a good place to uh, keep up with you, or do you have a website that uh, you can have people drive toward uh, to keep up on everything? I think just like via my Twitter and then from there, like once I establish what it is going to be, like I kind of know after today, like it's going to focus with Mike and then there's uh, three other comedians that we're following. So, I mean, I, I'll have to do it at, I think it's at Brendan Mertens is my Twitter, but like I, yeah, like I'll, and within time, I'm sure it'll, anyone listening to this is somehow connected to Ghost Heads, which I'm sure would promote whatever. It yeah, is pe- that people I, will know. Next. People will know. Yeah, we'll f- we'll find a way to get it to whoever's listening. Excellent. Um, well, Brandon, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Uh, thanks again for the movie. It was it was so so fun to watch, and I know a lot of people out there also appreciate it. So appreciate all of your hard work. We know it was a big uphill battle for you, and and you got to feel pretty good looking back on this past year. You're going to be a dad. You uh, you've got your directorial debut out there, um, and it's it's a good time to be a fan. So uh, you have to you have to feel pretty good. Yeah, you know, it's a good year when your first film that comes out is Ghostbusters, you know, like that's, I made a movie about Ghostbuster fans with the cast and crew of Ghostbusters. Like it can't, can't get any better than can't that. Can't get any better than that. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Brendan, and uh, come back sometime. We'll, we'll talk more. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... Ghostbusters! Interdimensional crossword. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, there it was, everybody. Brendan Mertens, our, our epic guests at the Grove of beautiful Southern California weather for us to be sitting out there having lunch. Um, but, you know, it's it's Chris's time. This is, this is the time that we turn the spotlight over to Mr. Chris Stewart, and he tells us the meaning of Christmas. Why? Yeah. Chris. The meaning of Christmas is <laughs> family. No, presents. Food. Three things. All three. All three. Manly presents. Yeah. The more you say but, no, it's, it, it's Chris's spot, it makes it sound like I demand it or something like that, or it's my contractual obligation that I'm supposed to it. People don't. Guys, it is. So, it is. It's in his writer. I not, want you to know this that it's in his writer. No, it's be forced on me sometimes. I'm the. I force it on you because I feel like I, I talk so much. I gab so much on this show that I'm like, I really want Chris to get that last word. You've in. turned me into the Andy Rooney of our podcast. well now you gotta do your andy rooney voice for the whole thing (laughs) have you ever tried vr in your living room and you trip over the sofa um uh, i I have 
final thoughts. Well, one was it occurred to me that I was joking that this week kind of snuck up with three surprises on us, but we ourselves perpetrated the uh, the a fourth surprise when we uh, out of the blue dropped the. Uh, Ghost Hits commentary track on people. Um, oh, right, yeah. Which That was unannounced. I, that was another surprise. surprise. Um, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Really it really went over well. Yeah. Everybody picked up on it. Yeah, so welcome to new listeners that have not been listening to the show uh, prior to this. That's that's also true. We probably have a lot of new listeners that's this right. week. Don't get used to it. It's not normal. We don't normally do that. <laughs> um, yeah, people seem to like it, which I, I'm happy about because we just sort of sat down and, 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 and riffed it. And those things can either work well or not work well. And at the end of the day, the, the, the comedy part is that Evelyn does, uh, she uh, doesn't, if given the opportunity, will uh, would prefer not to do stuff like that. Like, she would be the first to admit that uh, even though she's a, uh, a very visible personality, uh, a party organizer and DJ and stuff like that, talk to a crowd, not her thing. Uh, and I think she was by far uh, one of the most popular parts of the entire commentary. So, so yeah, yeah, good She's, job. Her, uh, she, she showed up on the Miller time too and really held her own, which was a lot. I of know fun again, and you were uh, there. She complained leading into it. Why am I here? It's like you'll be fine, and she was. Yeah, and she was. So yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys put that together. I'm glad we were able to put it up there on on the week that the that the physical media release uh, occurred. I guess I, I keep calling it the physical media release, but it's also on digital on iTunes too. So yeah. it's, it's kind of the wider release. Know, it's like the wider release of ghost heads. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's true. That, that was the fourth surprise. It's, it's been a really fun week in ghostbusters land. Yeah. We've got the new VR app. We got the Blu-ray. We got the contest. We had all of this stuff with the, the, auctions um you know it's there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening and that's the good news is uh we kind of worried that hey the movie's out now what are we going to talk about there's still time yeah, there's stopped. still lots to talk about i mean so I, and i don't think it will we be. didn't even touch on did we touch on i don't think we mentioned last week the marshmallow rice krispie kits that came out yeah we did we did we did Something yeah else but came we didn't out, talk though. about the pop tater the pop tater marshmallow uh, bur- the burnt marshmallow pop tater came right. out uh, this week um, yeah what was the other thing i and, saw uh, ellen ellen gave hillary duff a power wheels did you see that's that? right we didn't talk about that yeah. her we nephew about that. she's a big see? ghostbusters fan that's what it was jeff lewis i believe it was jeff lewis hello jeff uh, posted he's always posting pictures uh it's it's amazing uh, i don't know how he finds all this stuff i'm gonna have to go hang out with him or something just He's like the, like a, I don't know, a, what do you call him, a dowser? He's a Ghostbuster dowser. He can find the uh, the Ghostbuster stuff anywhere. And he po- posted a picture of some, uh, what was it, like kettle chips or something like that, or kettle corn, and that they cross-promoted with Sony. So it was Ghostbusters uh, kettle corn. And I was, initially I thought... <laughs> Damn you, Japan! No, it's somewhere. It's it's in the states. It's a it's a. Oh, it's it's here. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was one of the Japanese things again because they got like potato chips too. They got like Ghostbusters potato I chips. I know, get. but, but uh, well, hmm. uh, Jeff Lewis not in Japan. So, <laughs> I mean, theoretically, he could have found it someplace else. But that grocery store also did not look like. Uh, the, the Japanese grocery stores of the future the import uh, cost plus yeah exactly uh, so uh, yeah well that's cool yeah so uh, yeah I mean again lots of stuff happening um, and again uh, I just want to reiterate we have that contest going we want to send you guys some stuff so make sure that you call our voicemail with that message that we talked about at the middle of the show 
And uh, next week we have a really fun fun guest on the show. And the good news, he's going to be on the entirety of the show. <laughs> Get ready for that, kids. So uh, we're going to have a third co-host with us, Chris. Uh, we'll we'll make some room here. We'll sort of move the chairs. And That's right. We'll rearrange, and it, it'll be great. It'll be fine, and you guys are gonna love it. So uh, until next week, this is Troy. That was Mr. Chris Stewart. We'll see you guys on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, hairless pets. Weird.